Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. 95-7 the game. Off the screen, bounce pass to Looney at the elbow. Looney turns, hands it back to Clay. Takes it off balance. Three, it's nothing but net. Largest lead of the night for the Warriors is right now. Golden State 105, Minnesota 99. Clay Thompson has followed up a 42.9 and 12 threes with 32 and 6. Clay Thompson finishes with 32 and putting a capper on a fun fourth quarter inside Chase Center as the Warriors outscored the Timberwolves 31-17 to win it 109-104. Welcome you inside Warriors wrap up here on 95-7 The Game. John Dickinson with you for the next hour or so. Phone lines open 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570 if you want to react to this one as the Warriors get a big-time win. It was another vintage clay performance, especially down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. And the Warriors, after a tough start to this one, an ugly first and third quarters, the Warriors able to make up for it in the second and fourth quarters to win this game by that final of 109-104. to So you look at this one, and uh, somewhat similar to the game on Friday night, although the Warriors had made up most of the ground by the end of the first quarter and then had led from then on uh, against the Rockets on Friday. Uh, But you look at this game tonight, the Warriors trailing 34-25 at the end of the first quarter, and uh, things were, were just not clicking. Nas Reed went off for 18 of the Timberwolves' 34 Minnesota knocked down 7-12 from 3. They did have 6 turnovers, and and so that was keeping the Warriors maybe from being down worse. Jordan Poole got off to a a rough start. Clay, Jonathan Kaminga, Dante DiVincenzo all in the starting lineup. They were all minus 11 as the Warriors trailed by 9. But then in the second quarter, Warriors cut it down to 6 really quickly, and then they survived a, a stretch with Clay Thompson off the floor. And I think that was a, a point of concern in this game where you're wondering how the Warriors are going to be able to survive and, and have offense and hang in a game uh, on a night where it just didn't look like things were going very well early. But they were able to survive in the second quarter and not only survive, but but make up seven points with Clay checking out uh, early in that second quarter. And by the time he checked in, it was just a two-point game uh, from Minnesota, a three-point game after the Timberwolves had led by 10. Another little thing that flipped this thing in the second quarter was Nas Reed, who was in that rhythm. He picked up his third foul with just about 
four minutes to go right before halftime, and the Warriors able to to be on the the comeback trail uh, as in, in ball pressure, the defense much better. They got to the free throw line, which I thought was was key when you look at at the first half. Eighteen free throw attempts for the Warriors in that first half, and they ended up with the lead as bad as the first quarter was at 34-25. Second quarter, Warriors outscore Minnesota 34-23, and they're up by two going into the third quarter. And then, unfortunately, uh, in the third, uh, the Timberwolves got hot again after going cold from three-point range. They hit seven of their first nine, Minnesota did, from deep. Then one of 11 uh, it, over the the stretch of the middle chunk of the game, and then they began the third quarter by knocking down their first five from from three point range, and the lead was right back up to seven. And Nas Reed was hurting them again. Warriors did, for the most part, do a nice job against Anthony Edwards most of the night. Jonathan Kaminga gets a, a nod for some of the the ball pressure and and matching up with him at different points uh, in, in the game tonight. Uh, but uh, as the Warriors fell behind and then fought their way back into this one, it looked as if it was going to be another game where the Warriors have a lengthy stretch where they can't buy a bucket toward the back end of the third quarter that had the potential to do them in. It ended up being a 30-19 to Minnesota third quarter, but the tough stretch of the third was really the final six minutes and ten seconds where the Warriors didn't hit a three. They went 0 for 6. They were outscored 9-2, so it's not like Minnesota. They did the bulk of the scoring early in the quarter uh, to the tune of, of 21 points basically in the first six minutes. 9-2 run, though, for Minnesota to close the quarter over the final 6-10. The Warriors went a stretch of uh, a lengthy stretch of, what, five minutes and 13 seconds without scoring a bucket uh, as the Warriors again found themselves in trouble in this one going to the fourth quarter uh, as they were behind again 87 to 78 going to the fourth and it looked like it was going to be an uphill climb but the Warriors uh, able to rally again Uh, Minnesota had pushed it up to 90 to 78 Patrick Baldwin Jr. didn't play great tonight but did knock down a reload three, which cut the the lead to six. The offensive rebounds tonight for the Warriors. We got to talk about Kevon Looney on this show over the course of the next hour. Uh, But the offensive rebounds, Looney had seven of the Warriors, 16 offensive rebounds, hitting the offensive glass, the extra possessions, the the turnover issues uh, throughout lengthy stretches of this game for Minnesota, especially that first quarter, allowed the Warriors to hang in the game, and then uh, it it looked, though, as if the Warriors were going to have to muster one more run even after uh, the Timberwolves hit a couple of buckets to go back up 94-84 with 8.17 to go, and that's when Clay Thompson started to to go off, and that's when you look at some of the adjustments that the Warriors made. They were playing a little bit of zone in the fourth quarter. They ramped up the, the defensive ball pressure in the fourth quarter, and then Clay started going off, but what the Warriors did effectively offensively that they hadn't really done throughout a a good chunk of the game to that point was start driving to the basket. Dante DiVincenzo hit a three. Dante DiVincenzo with another uh, driving layup. And then that opened up some drive and kick opportunities. Clay Thompson hits a three. Clay Thompson then hits the long two that he banks in. One of the great shots you'll ever see. 
uh, bank open on the Sunday evening uh, for Clay with with Rivers working on him. I mean, just to get a, a shot off that's got a chance of going in uh, is impressive in, in that kind of situation. Got a little bit lucky, obviously, with the bank from the corner, and the Warriors able to tie it again with Dante DiVincenzo making it 96 also. 12-2 run to tie it at 96 with 4.48 to go, and DiVincenzo, again, attacking the paint and getting in with a, a layup uh, at that point to tie it. And then the defense was 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 engaged. Kyle Anderson had an and one. And then Anthony Lamb, who, yes, we can talk about him throwing the inbounds pass away. We can talk about Clay Thompson having a loose handle and getting it poked away after the Warriors seemingly had this thing in hand. But Anthony Lamb, maybe the biggest shot of the night, not from Clay Thompson, uh, top of the arc three that tied the game at 99. And then it was alternating turnovers, the Dante DiVincenzo three, and then the Clay Thompson three after a Nas Reed miss. And Clay winds up uh, putting the Warriors up 105-99. They hang on from there despite uh, some failed inbounds passes, a loose handle, a, a jump ball. You're not going to want to miss what Dante DiVincenzo had to say as far as his jump ball record uh, over the course of, of his career. But uh, he was able to to get this one tonight, and the Warriors get home with a 109-104 victory. So they're 2-0 on the homestand. They're back a game over 500, and we'll let you know where that leaves the Warriors now in the Western Conference standings at the close of business for tonight. There's still one more game in Denver ongoing, so we'll keep you updated on that one. But uh, a lot of key contributors. This game had some of the vibes of the holiday homestand that we talked about on uh, Friday night where uh, around the end of December and January, the Warriors won the five in a row. The bulk of that without Steph Curry for all of it, without Andrew Wiggins for, for all of it as well. And the Warriors, a lot of games like this one where ugly at times, but enough competitiveness, enough will. And I think Clay Thompson leading the way with, with his uh, just refusal to allow this team to go down quietly, uh, set the tone for the Warriors uh, over both of these last couple of games with the 42 on Friday night and the 32 tonight. And so much of what the Warriors are trying to do right now is just survive. It's not about how good this team is with the 10 players that were able to get on the floor for them tonight. It's can they just win enough games and hang in this Western Conference race to where they can get Draymond back and get Wiggins back and get Steph Curry back and then it truly is go time. We'll see if they can make a push over however many final games that is in the regular season. And then you add it up at the end of the year. One thing we talked about on Warriors Live, the sixth seed is very much still up for grabs. We'll get to more on that coming up here in just a moment. All right, 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile text line is open. Let's get it started, though, on the phone lines. Is it is it Mile or is it Mike? Is it who 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 we got? Mike, Mike. I had a little mistype there. Mike in San Carlos. What's going on, Mike? Not much. I mean, what a victory! What a comeback! It's just over and over again seeing Pool and Clay at the end with their ball handling skill, making it way too nerve wracking at the end. Don't know yeah, how big we time. fix that. Yeah, I I don't know. That's a great that's a great question. And you know, at this point, uh, I think. You know, you just got to make the the simple plays once you get in those positions where the game should be but should be salted away. But yeah, the loose handle, the trouble inbounding the ball. I mean, those were were some things that that 
gave the Warriors, I mean, the, the collective gasp on the, the Lamb inbounds pass when, when Clay gets the ball poked away, when there's a jump ball uh, with Dante DiVincenzo having to, to go uh, in, in the jump at, at center circle. But uh, the Warriors did a nice job defending off a couple of those misses and preventing the, the Timberwolves from getting great looks that would have had the potential to, to make this thing really hurt uh, had it wound up in an overtime situation or whether it winds up uh, with the Warriors you know, being down. I mean, that would have been catastrophic for the Warriors if, if they're unable to, to get the job done. But, uh, yeah, I think you, you just look around the horn tonight. I mean, what can you say about Clay Thompson? The, the platitudes have, have been there, and, and deservedly so. And, you know, he really – he's been doing something these last couple of games that I think – you know, really only true star players can do, but I think often fans try to ask, you know, it, it's the it's the quintessential, hey, if, if a couple of your star players are out, you want the next man up to just step into the into the void and play like a, a superstar or, or level up. And what Clay's done without Steph and Wiggins and now Draymond here for these last two is just level up, accept the mantle as somebody that's been a, a two and even a three at different points in his career in terms of, of option in, in the time where the Warriors have had Steph and, and when they've had Kevin Durant going back to those you know dynasty years and the, and the five straight finals. You know, Clay, we haven't had a lot of opportunities to see Clay as a one, right, as the, as the lead dog offensively. And, of course, we had to see the Warriors play uh, two seasons, basically, uh, without, uh, you know, without him and, and others having to fill his void from, from different points uh, down the line on the roster uh, as the lights go out here uh, inside Chase Center. So for those of you watching on, on YouTube and Twitch, don't be alarmed. We'll get the, we'll get the cell phone light uh, up and rolling, but uh, it doesn't change the sound here. Maybe I'll do some jumping jacks. And I, I, I'm told these are motion activated, so maybe I will just for the people. At, just don't, don't mind me. I may try to just do some jump. I'm just going to do a quick little jumping jack. No, no, not doing the trick uh, as the, the light's still uh, out inside uh, the conference room here inside Chase Center. Uh, but nevertheless, good night for the Warriors as uh, they wind up winning. Uh, they they beat the Timberwolves 109-104. to And so where does that leave the Warriors in the landscape now of the Western Conference with uh, a couple of games to go here uh, on this homestand and, and big games to go still uh, on the homestand as the, the Warriors – uh, now 31 and 30, and we were talking on, on Warriors Live about uh, the Dallas Lakers game from earlier and just who did you want to win that game? What was more beneficial for the Warriors as far as that, that game goes? And the Lakers ended up coming from, from 27 down to rally and, and win that game. And so it, the question was, and I, I said this on the pregame, you know, if you believe the Warriors still have action for the sixth seed, then seeing Dallas lose tonight is like no big deal at all. In fact, it's you know you think you want that to get jumbled up because as much as you know Sacramento has continued to to play well enough to to maintain their spot at at number three, and Phoenix looks like they're a team that's going to be getting better when they add Kevin Durant the middle of this week. Dallas is 32 and 30 with that loss, and they've been just kind of meh with Kyrie and, and Luca 
uh, in the fold and, and playing together. So you look at it and the Warriors find themselves into the night, half game back of Dallas for sixth. And if you can somehow get on a little bit of a run to get the sixth spot, then at that point you're forget the play in tournament. You're you're in the playoffs and the, and then you let the chips fall where they may as far as who your opponent winds up being. And you could you could draw Sacramento at a first time, you know, in in a, a, over a decade and a half in the playoffs with a bunch of guys that that are inexperienced and and maybe have action there if you're fully healthy. I think the Warriors would relish an opportunity to face Memphis. I think Phoenix might be a completely different story, but you know, as far as you know, worry about the Lakers chasing you from behind, and and the Lakers are now only two games back of the Warriors and only a game out of tenth in the West. To me, if you're going to keep winning, and the Warriors believe they're going to have to keep winning here uh, to to continue to move up, you might as well have the the team that's that's just kind of lingering in that sixth spot take a loss. And so you look at it into the night, and and the Warriors are a half game out of of Dallas at 31 and 30 Dallas is 32 and 30 you move ahead of Utah tonight with the win you move ahead of Minnesota tonight with the win a full game up on Minnesota you also gain ground on the Pelicans with your win so now you're a game up on Minnesota and the Pelicans you're also now a half game up on Utah so seventh in the west are the Warriors they would have a if the season ended tonight which it does not or six weeks away from the season ending and but it'd be the Warriors in a home play-in game against Utah. I think you'd feel really good about that if you were fully healthy, if you had to get it, and then potentially on to face Memphis uh, in in the playoffs. So at this point, I know we've talked a lot about is this team playing just to to get into the play-in tournament, and to a certain extent, uh, you know, yes, they are. They've they've got action in in other areas as far as chasing down. Uh, potentially Dallas for the for the sixth seed here in the West. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up here ninety five seven. The game. Let's get to Robin in San Francisco. What's going on tonight, Robin? How are you? I'm all right, Jay Ding. Uh, it's good. Good win. I hear the excitement in your voice, and it's really it's really a good win. I don't want to call in and nitpick. I just wanted to uh, uh, put, take. Uh, my hat off to Clay because it was really good to see. Uh, you could see that championship. Whether he's inconsistent, whether he's this, whether he's not that, whatever. But I'm just talking about right now, JD, tonight. It was good to see that championship pedigree in him. You know what I'm talking about? When that, when, when, when you know, you could, you know, you could feel it. You could see it in Clay. You know that we're not going to lose this game. And so. Um, I want to just call in and say that, and then we're going to talk about Looney afterwards. I do want to ask you a question, though, uh, and it's not to be critical or anything. This is just about moving forward. I often wonder why, though, that the the, the, the dynamic of the team – doesn't go inside more when the threes are not dropping. It just seems like they become one-dimensional all about threes. And and it just seems like to me they could execute a little bit better. I don't know if that's because of the lack of talent, size, or whatever. But uh, that's something I'd like you to share any insight with me that you might have. Peace out and have a great evening, sweetheart. 
yeah, thank you, Robin. Appreciate it. You're right about Clay. You could see it in Clay's eyes. You could see it in Clay talking smack to the the Minnesota bench on the three that put him up 105-99 and and basically salted this one away, not for a little bit of a loose handle and some some shoddy inbounds passing that gave the Timberwolves uh, extra chances. As far as attacking, they did it in the fourth quarter. And and I think you're right. Like they they do need to attack the rim on drives when teams are you know either trying to take them off the three point line, which I think teams have, have tried to do this this year, and force them a little bit into the into the mid range, or at least force them to drive on the defense's terms when they have shot blockers and and athleticism waiting at the rim to turn them away. Uh, and so I think that's been something that that has been an issue from time to time. But I also think they do have to pick their spots to just keep the defense honest uh, to, to try and, and, and attack in that manner, even if it's for drive and kicks. And in the fourth quarter, they did it in the fourth quarter. And, and that's where I think a, a lot of the onus can be put on on Jordan Poole from from time to time to, to really attack and create, especially in these games with, with Steph Curry out. But the guy who did it tonight was Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo in the fourth quarter, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, ties it at 96, going to the rim. He hit a three, then hit a layup that, that made it 96-89. Uh, you know, to me, those are the, the kinds of plays that you need to just keep the defense off balance enough to where it opens up some better looks uh, at, the, at the three ball than, than the Warriors have been and been getting from time to time. And, and, and I think, you know, it's not even necessarily wanting to do it on the defense's terms either, Robin. It's it's just wanting to be able to just, if you go a little bit cold from three, come up with more of a, a, a diversified offense. So I, I, I think you're on to something there. And I, I think it, you know, we see Steph do it uh, a lot, but I think do search for it. You know, Steph, has shown a willingness as his career has gone on, especially, and he's gotten physically stronger. He's shown a willingness with the defense of the opposition trying to play the Warriors a certain way to to, to really force the action in in that kind of a manner, uh, which is good for him. It's good for the team, and it just it just makes the defense have to to work a little bit harder. Uh, to try and cover ground, and it, it leads to a better rhythm. You know, Steve Kerr's always talking about rhythm and not just taking the first three-pointer, keeping the ball moving. He really got into it about Kaminga uh, before the game on, on Friday night against the Rockets. Like, do you want Kaminga to just shoot that wing three right early in the shot clock? And he said, no. If, if you get an open one, you're a little bit cold. At that point, uh, then just, you know, keep it moving. Dribble handoff to somebody, swing the ball, cut, Maybe you'll get it back, but the, the offense in the game has much more of a rhythm, which, which leads to better opportunities uh, for, for shots to go down. So, yeah, I think that is something, Robin, that the Warriors can do a better job of from time to time. But I think if you go back and watch it, they did pick their spots to do it in the fourth quarter. And that, along with the defense, that, along with the refuse-to-lose to mentality from Klay Thompson, that all added up to the Warriors able to rally from being down 14 early, being down 12 in the fourth quarter, it was 90 to 78 when the Warriors got it rolling 
and uh, ultimately wind up outscoring the Timberwolves 31-17 to in the fourth quarter to win this one tonight, 109-104. to All right, 888-957-9570. The lights are back on inside uh, Chase Center here. I want to thank uh, the gentleman that came down and, and clicked them on. Somebody came down in the in the – the studio uh, room here uh, that I use and uh, must have been listening. So I appreciate that. Uh, R.C. Davis as well, if, if you happen to be listening and sent somebody down. Uh, appreciate that, my man. Uh, back in the light here on Warriors Wrap-Up with the Warriors uh, getting the win tonight over the Timberwolves. We'll go ahead and pause here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from Dante DiVincenzo. We may even hear from Kevon Looney or Clay Thompson as the Warriors get it done right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kaminga to the corner. Thompson, good closeout by Rivers with three, with two. Clay spins, fires on the way. He banked it in! He banked it a three from the right corner! You've got to be kidding me. 96-94. Or was that a two? It was a two. They call it a two. Either way, he banked it in from the corner. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7 The Game. Yeah, that was the shot of the night from Clay Thompson, no doubt, with uh, Austin Rivers draped all over him. And uh, the Warriors wind up uh, needing that one in a big way with the, the shot clock running down and, and no action really to, to be heard. And uh, Clay, again, able to just get a shot off in that moment is impressive as heck. 
but uh, to just it, and yeah, just to be able to fade and spin and and be able to just give it any semblance of a shot to go in was was special. And uh, Clay Thompson knocked that down. It was ninety six ninety four with just over five minutes to go at that point. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo would tie it shortly after that. Part of a 12-2 run to tie the game at 96. And then the Warriors with uh, some three-point answers after Kyle Anderson's and one made it 99-96. Anthony Lamb from the top of the key. Nice game from Anthony Lamb. I know he's been maligned this season, uh, especially in recent games uh, with, uh, you know, from the fan base. But uh, and the inbounds pass is something that, that would have been Tough to live down if the Timberwolves had been able to knock down another three late. But uh, that was a big shot tonight, and he played a, overall a really good game tonight. A solid game from Anthony Lamb, but the three to tie it at 99. And then DiVincenzo with a three, uh, and Clay Thompson with the three to uh, put the Warriors up six before they had to hang on and get the win against uh, the Timberwolves in this one tonight uh, as the Warriors improved to 30 one and 30 with the 109 104 victory all right before we hear from Steve Kerr let's get to our hardest working player of the game which is brought to you by AC Transit Thompson now waiting left's a good pumping dribble drive by Clay dishes out to DiVincenzo catch and shoot three yes Warriors 102 Minnesota 99 yeah, 102.99 at that point, and and frankly, and simply put, the Warriors don't win tonight without Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, the four three-pointers made, the 21 points. Uh, everybody in the Warriors starting lineup tonight in, in double figures, not everybody shot it well. Rough shooting night from Jordan Poole, one of eight from three-point range with the four turnovers. But Clay Thompson had his monster game, and then who was going to be the next guy to, to score – 20 or more and do it efficiently and it was DiVincenzo and he had five assists and he had eight rebounds and four steals he was everywhere the ball pressure the ball movement he was one of the guys attacking the rim down the stretch Warriors don't win this one without Dante DiVincenzo he wins the jump ball for what he said in his postgame press conference was the first time in his life he's won a jump ball and so he did have uh, the height advantage uh, over Jordan McLaughlin in, in that one. But, uh, yeah, Dante DiVincenzo coming away with the tip, and the Warriors needed all of it to prevail in this one. So Dante DiVincenzo is your hardest worker of the game for tonight, and that is brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit is looking for hard workers and is offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. Again, Dante DiVincenzo, your hardest working player of the game for tonight. All right, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson back here inside Chase Center. 888-957-9570. We can get to some text messages and more phone calls coming up here. But uh, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr as he met with the media downstairs here inside Chase Center following this win. How much does it uh, age you, those <laughs> those moments where it's like they can't, you know, get the ball in and all that? Like, just as a coach, what does that do for you? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – we've got control of the game. You know, we've we've lost a couple of those this year, and you just don't want to 
you know, see what's on the other side of the door. You know, you, you, you gotta, you like, you gotta, you gotta finish the deal. And, uh, we had, I don't know, two or three turnovers, um, in that stretch. And, uh, I should have taken a timeout when we had the ball full court. Um, and we got a turnover. I think lamb was throwing it to clay and they got, um, a little, uh, mixed up. I think clay cut the other way as lamb made the pass. Um, I probably should have taken a, a timeout there and advanced it. Um, but, um, you know, we, we, we got the job done anyway. So that's uh, a little bit nerve wracking, but we finished. You guys you know, obviously expect to eventually get all your main guys back. So how, kind of do these wins, these last two wins hold like kind of more outward importance than, than yeah. I mean, this is, this is a huge win, not only for the standings, but for the confidence of the guys that was a team win i mean everybody came in there and uh, and competed and and played well and and um you know we're down 10 i think in the fourth and to make that comeback um against that team you know that we're tied with in the standings just an enormous win and um yeah winning the other night obviously they're, they're all big right now but um but i like this one for the grit that we had to show to get it done i was going to ask you as you go in the fourth quarter you're down uh then uh, what do you think changed that? Uh, what and do you think it was yeah, the greeniest? I was going to say that, yeah. like, just was it digging it out the zone defense? What, what do you circle saying? Okay, this is what turned it. I thought our defense was much better, uh, much more active. Dante was brilliant in that fourth. Uh, Clay got hot. We held him to seventeen. That's the big thing, you know. Thirty-one um, seventeen fourth quarter. So we we really won the game with our with our defense, um, and then our ability to convert you know, the other way after getting stops. Steve, you, you kind of touched on it, but, but Dante on both ends and even, even winning that last jump ball, he just seems to have a knack for, yeah. for doing the right thing. It's a winner. I mean, you know, final four MVP at Villanova. I think he won two, didn't he? He won two championships there and another one in Milwaukee. I mean, he's, he's been around winning his whole life. And um, what I love about Dante is he just fills up the box score. You know, he, he's not, you know, just a, a shooter or a playmaker or a defender. Like he's everything. He just brings it every game. Huge energy, uh, great competitive desire, and uh, relentless. Really fun to coach Dante. I think my question is similar to Slater's, but when you're playing without three starters, how heavy is the rope for everybody else to pick up? And, and what do you think about a, a win like this and the effort your guys are putting forward to, to move up in the yeah, it, In some ways, it's. You know, I mean, I was a bench player my whole career. It's, in some ways, it's kind of liberating when you get, you only have nine or 10 guys and um, everyone knows they're going to play. You know, the all hands on deck cliche is a, is a good one. You you know, it's just just that group. And you go out and you, you, you know, you, you just swing away. You just, um, you go for it. And that's, I thought after the slow start, our guys, uh, you know, got got to a point where they, they just competed and um, didn't worry too much about the result. They just competed and made plays and eventually got got over the hump. We obviously talked a lot about Clay last game, but again, do, do you see any difference in him in just his ability to kind of create? I mean, he's never been that kind of guy, but he is dribbling into shots. He is finding him, you know, his way through it. Is there a marked improvement in, in how he's doing that? Yeah, yeah. But there's also a, a much more of a need for it. You know, if we if we have Steph out there, we're, we're not going to do that as often. But, uh, you know, just 
getting him the ball with a live dribble and a high screen. Um, it's, it puts a lot of stress on the defense because of his shooting range. And uh, so, Clay, we're really relying heavily on him right now, not just to catch and shoot, but to you know play the pick and roll game and beat people off the dribble. Steve, uh, off of Clay, it really seemed like tonight he was more vocal, feeding off the crowd, encouraging the crowd. A third game in four nights that he's been, um, you know, continuing to shoot the ball well. Do you feel like you've seen um, maybe more growth from him as as far as you know being a leader and being put in a situation he hasn't really been had to put in before? Um, what have you seen from him as far as his emotion? Yeah, Clay is really stepping up uh, on the leadership front. Um, he's been more vocal. Um, he's encouraging the guys. I think he recognizes uh, that he is much needed in that uh, in that role uh, with all of our guys out. So he's done a great job with it. Steve, this is the third time this season you guys have held the team to less than 20 points in the fourth quarter, less than 30% shooting. How do you bottle that? You know, sometimes shots go in and, and sometimes they don't. I mean, we gave up a wide open corner three to tie the game at the end and the, the shot didn't go in. So it's, uh, you know, it's a, a game that we we earned and we deserved and all we can do is look forward. We, we can't look back. We just have to look ahead to the next one, keep competing and, uh, you know, see what happens. You, you talked about the, the grit that was required to win this game. And that's something that you guys have kind of been searching for a lot this season. What do you think maybe tonight? I mean, what do you think needs to happen to have that appear more consistently? Just what we did tonight, just, um, you know, get, get out of our own, heads and and just compete together and that's what I loved about the the win it was just everybody was just focused on winning no hanging of the heads just uh, just go play you went to zone like almost the whole fourth quarter maybe the entire fourth quarter was that in reaction to Nas Reed what, what were you what were you emphasizing there and what do you think it did we uh, we came into the game knowing we wanted to mix up our coverages and give them some different looks. So you know, it worked a couple times. So we stayed with it, and you know, next game could be totally different. It's just um, you just try to search for something and find find something, and and if you find it, you stay with it. You play your two two way guys twenty five and twenty one minutes tonight. Um, they're both kind of coming up towards their limit. Uh, what are the conversations like right now about you know your open fifteenth spot and also your realization of how much you're, you've been needing those guys. Yeah. Well, that realization ha happened a long time ago, you know? Um, so lamb and, and Ty have been huge. They've helped us win a lot of games this year. Lamb does uh, a whole lot of stuff that people don't recognize. You know, he is uh, one of our best defenders in terms of coming over and rotating and understanding our coverages and hitting bodies, boxing out. He's a good passer, good three point shooter. He hit the big one from the top of the key. He can play multiple positions. We played him as a small five. He and Kaminga have been a great combination uh, this year. I think uh, Lamb and Kaminga together opens up the, the game for for Kaminga a little bit. So yeah, Lamb is uh, he's been really important. And Ty, you know, didn't shoot it well tonight, but four assists, three steals, no turnovers. Um, that's that's kind of what Ty does. He's a very traditional point guard and. Uh, and, you know, he's had an amazing shooting year, too. I think he's 50, 40, 90, you know, on the on the year with low volume. But the guy's just a basketball player. So um, with our team this year, the makeup of of the roster, the youth, the empty roster spot, Andre's absence, uh, Ryan Rollins uh, surgery, we need the depth. And so those guys are are good players and they're helping us win games.
several days, week, whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, ultimately that's, that's Bob's uh, decision. So uh, Bob and I will have a conversation about that. What recognition does Kavan deserve with 17 rebounds, seven of them O boards? I'm just getting tired of Raymond coming to me after every game saying that's the sixth consecutive game where Loon has had 13 or more rebounds. And I, it's like, I know Raymond, I know I don't, I don't need that from you, but uh, we're, we've just come to expect it now. You know, he's just, this is, he's an elite rebounder and uh, carved out a, such a great role for himself. And the reason he's a multi-time champion, I mean, he, he just gets it. He's a pro and damn good player. Yeah, Kevon Looney, a pros pro, damn good player, 17 boards, 12 points, you know, four of six. He has a block. He's just a stabilizing force and a, and a championship player for the Warriors. A lot to chew on there from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Xfinity Mobile text line uh, with this one that I wanted to save until we heard from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, there. Uh, and uh, this one from the Xfinity Mobile text line, J.D., please give – some of Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, give him some of Lamb's minutes. I can't take the mistakes Lamb makes. Well, I, I don't think, and we saw both of them tonight, I, I think Anthony Lamb's going to keep playing as long as the Warriors figure out a way to, to get him on the roster as he comes up on the, the brink of that 50-game that limit before he would have to be signed for the remainder of the season. High praise from Steve Kerr on Anthony Lamb called him one of the best Warriors rotating defenders, called him a good passer, obviously the three-point shooting, uh, playing multiple positions. He is a 3-4. I thought the most interesting point that, that Coach Kerr made about Lamb, and this is something that I've wondered about at different parts of this season, you have seen Lamb and Kaminga play a lot together. I know a lot of fans are like, oh, it's, it's got to be Kaminga over Lamb. Well, they've played together a lot and they are complementary players. They really are because of Lamb's ability to shoot the three. It does allow Kaminga the ability to not have to take as many three-pointers, which is not uh, the, the most efficient aspect of, of his game. It, it allows, if you put Kaminga out there with a guy that can shoot the three, uh, you know, and they both are basically the three and the four when they're out there together, and you have you know another shooter if it's Clay or if it's Steph or if it's if it's Jordan Poole, somebody that can attack the rim that's out there as well. You you have some some balance, and then you play your big whether it's Looney or, or Draymond or, or whomever. Uh, but you they do complement each other in the the positionless three four era. I, I don't know about Lamb as a small ball five. The, the Warriors did use him there. Uh, him and Kaminga both got trucked a couple of times for layups under the basket, and, and the Timberwolves able to just physically go at him. Uh, Luca Garza played four minutes and had seven points and got to the free throw line five times. And so, I mean, he was he had his way a little bit against Lamb at the five with with Kaminga out there, but they have been a nice compliment. Uh, Tim Kalakami, shout out to him for asking the question about the zone defense that we talked about early here on in the program and, and the different looks that, that the Warriors were given. And then, yeah, Clay Thompson with the, the leadership. Dante DiVincenzo, file him away as, as being a winner. And uh, I thought the quote of the night from Steve Kerr, huge win not only for the standings, which of course it is, but for the confidence of our guys to be able to show the grit. Uh, again, I, I liken it to 
the holiday homestand. The, the, the last two games, especially tonight, tonight felt like a couple of those comebacks that they had on the on the holiday homestand, which, you know, it's not about how good this team can be as they're currently constituted. It really isn't. It's just about can they win enough to keep them in the race to where when Curry and Wiggins and Draymond come back, they can make the push. And they're not making the push from three or four games under 500 to try and just get into the top 10. Every win the Warriors get this week gives them a more legitimized opportunity to avoid the play-in tournament altogether. And I know that's been something that's been heavily debated, but I keep coming back to it. Dallas is 32-30, and 30, and I know they've got Kyrie and they got Luka together, but that's not a really good team. They're really not. The, the, the players around them beyond those two, they don't have a lot of defenders. They gave up a lot of players like, like Dorian Finney-Smith and, and others that you'd want to have on that roster in an attempt to bring uh, Kyrie back into the fold. And so I think that that team is, is vulnerable down the stretch here. I think those two can play together long term. We'll see if Kyrie stays next year, all of that. They 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 made the trade to get the two stars together. Then you got to build the rest of the roster out, but I think that does, believe it or not, make them vulnerable for the remainder of this season. And then when you go beyond that, I think the Clippers are for the most part solid. You look at the Clippers uh, and and tonight the the Clippers are down 9 middle of the third quarter in Denver. They obviously lost the the thriller to the Kings the other night down in L.A. in, in double overtime, the, the second highest scoring game in NBA history. But I think the Clippers are, you know, you're only, as the Warriors, you're only one and a half and maybe one behind them at, at the end of the night tonight if they end up losing that game to Denver. And they're fifth. Phoenix, I do think, projects to get better. Uh, but they lost today. They're 33-29 and 29 themselves. You're only game and a half fourth still. Now, I think catching Phoenix would be a tall order unless you're planning on really getting hot here in the final 21 games. Now you go 16-5 and five or something like that. Like I think that's the level that it's going to take to catch the Phoenixes and the Sacramentos. Uh, uh, and, you know, not that I think Sacramento is, is a world-beating type of a team, but they've, they've made the most of the uh, fact that they are the highest-scoring team in the league and for their faults defensively, they have been a clutch team. They just they win close games. They're they're kind of like that baseball team that uh, wins all the one run games kind of out of nowhere in a in a in a particular year. And you're like, how are they doing it? And and they're good. Record might be a little bit inflated, but regardless of what you think, it's a special season. Mike Brown's the coach of the year for them. Point I'm getting at as it relates to this conversation is not really about them, but I think they're safe. I I think they're safe from being they're going to be in the top six and so you know can you flag them down maybe but to flag them down uh you'd have to get really really hot and who knows as uh the xfinity mobile text line throws at me here from the 510 will this be the year that the kings and the warriors make the playoffs at the same time could be could be and you never know uh if the warriors can get a little hot here maybe they end up playing each other in the first round of, of the playoffs wouldn't wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be fun? But, yeah, they have not both made the playoffs in any year since the Kings uh, came to Sacramento, which goes all the way back to 1985. Before we call it a night, let's hear a couple of minutes from one of the many heroes for the Warriors team effort. But Dante DiVincenzo put a big-time imprint on this one. So here's a couple of minutes of DDV downstairs in the Bill King interview room here at Chase. Dante, what can these games, obviously without Steph for a while, but now Steph, Wiggins, and Draymond, and you're getting 
wins out of them, what can that do for a team? It's huge for confidence. I mean, I go back to when was it? We've had a home stretch um, around the new year, around Christmas time. Same sort of thing. Guys, you know, start to build that chemistry, kind of the second unit, kind of the guys that are out in and out of the rotation. So then when those big dogs come back, we're clicking in the second unit. So it's not, you know, there's not that huge difference in gap like there was in the beginning of the season. How are you seeing Clay kind of take added control of the offense right now, considering the guys that are out? Just being aggressive. I think he made some really good reads tonight too. Like uh, we ran a couple plays where where he came out and they they jumped out. He hit Loon on the dive. I think those are the ones where that's huge because um, once he gets it going, he's shooting over two, three people and knocking it in. That's what we need. Um, he made, I think, three big ones down the stretch. So him just staying aggressive um, is the biggest thing that we need from him. Dante, what did you guys find or what did you drink before the fourth quarter that showed up that wasn't there at the start of the game? Heart. Right? Like, honestly, like we stayed within, I think we stayed within 10 uh, for a while in that third quarter, um, anywhere from nine to 12, I forget. But we knew that that's, that's a quick turnaround in the NBA. Uh, so we had to keep our heads up. We know that when we're up nine, we're up 12, the game's not over from other teams that are going to keep fighting. So, um, that was the message in the timeout. Just keep fighting. We're right there. We're in within striking distance. And we came out and, you know, we hit, what was it, four straight threes or layups and stuff like that. And we made that run. They had to call two timeouts. I think once we changed that, everybody's kind of picked it up and their confidence picked it up, their their uh, energy picked up, and we closed out the game. And how much of a factor do you think defense was in defeating that offense? That's what it was. It wasn't offense. You know, we're going to take our threes. We're going to, you know, push in transition. But – we really locked in defensively in that fourth quarter. I think they were getting some easy non-contested threes. And once we pressured, make them go downhill, we didn't foul. They couldn't make those layups around the rim with, you know, two, three guys going to try to block it. And, and then we were off and running. So it wasn't offense. It was definitely defense tonight. You're taller than McLaughlin, but how nerve-wracking is a jump ball at that moment in time? And, and you, how much adrenaline you have? Because you got way up there for that one. Truthfully, I just, I didn't care at all. Um, if they got it, we were going to get a stop. That was my mentality. But it was good to hear that it wasn't Kyle Anderson, for sure, and being 6'8", <laughs> to be real. Dante, he, he kind of beat me to, yeah. to my thought. But how many? How often have you had I never balls? win jump balls. I mean, have I never, you done them? How many times would you say you've done them? I want to say under 10 for sure Okay. Um, okay. in my career. But that was probably the first one I won. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And how much pride do you take in your, in your rebounding? You had a key rebound there in the last couple of minutes and just, I think, eight or nine tonight. Um, rebound for, you know, for me, it's just an effort thing. Um, so when I'm locked in, you know, I think two offensive rebounds, that's that's when I'm really engaged. Um, and, you know, the coaches are on me. My family's on me. Um, that's something I pride myself on. So uh, just keep that going. For Clay Thompson, beyond what um, shows up in the box score, I mean, with three key starters out, including two main leaders. I mean, how have you seen him maybe step up and take on that leadership role? He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's a Hall of Famer. So what he's doing is not, you know, out of the ordinary. He's been having a hell of a career. And guys go down, he's – Clay Thompson's still Clay Thompson at the end of the day. He's his, That rim is this big at all times. Um, and I love that. Um, you learn a lot from him just by just going out there and hoop. Um and I think that's that's why he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Your family's on you for for rebounding. Sure. I mean, who, who who parents, siblings, my pops, cousins? 
My pops. Every yeah. um, what what are the messages you get? You guys are rebounds. Go, go rebound the damn ball. <laughs> what do you have? A star chart to get some rewards? <laughs> you would think, but no. <laughs> um, how, it's always like, how do you describe Clay Thompson and his quirkiness and competitiveness? Have you ever had a teammate like him? I've not. I actually just talked to Monty about this for a while. Um, he's unique. He's him, and he ain't never gonna change who he is for anybody. And that's, uh, I think that's why he's so loved, you know, like being from the out, like outside looking in last year, you don't know these guys. I thought Loon never talked. I got here and Loon's, you know, one of the best voices in the locker room and Clay's, Clay's Clay. I really don't know how to describe it, but we definitely feed off of Clay. And, you know, when he gets it going in the game, you can feel everybody's energy kind of change. And that's what we needed. Dante, I think it's just the second time all year you guys trailed by as many as nine going into the fourth and you guys pulled off the win. Uh, is that like kind of the biggest thing from tonight? You guys were able to come back, you know, in that fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I said it before. It's the defensive stops tonight. Um, they had too many easy looks, uh, uncontested threes. Uh, we were fouling a little bit too much for for our liking. And, you know, we didn't want to continue that. So to start that fourth quarter, you know, we really locked in and, emphasis of not fouling and getting out in transition that's kind of our identity and that's who we need to be definitely who the Warriors need to be and who they were in that fourth quarter just much more fight much more competitive spirit uh, for the Warriors down the stretch and that uh, leads them to that come from behind victory and how about Dante DiVincenzo talking about that holiday homestand that we spent uh, a decent chunk of the last hour discussing some of the similarities between tonight's game and what the Warriors did on that homestand going back uh, to the last week of December and the first week of January. We'll call it a night on that note. Uh, thanks to Sterling Bennett and uh, everybody in our San Francisco studios cutting up the postgame sound and all the highlights that you've heard here throughout the evening uh, on the broadcast on 95.7 The Game. Uh, I'll be back with you on Tuesday, 6 o'clock here from Chase for Warriors Live. It's the Warriors and the Blazers who got a big win tonight against the Rockets. 131 to 114. Damian Lillard went for 71. And so, you know, the Warriors are going to have their work cut out for him. Uh, MRI forthcoming on Draymond Green. So stay tuned for, for more news on him and that uh, bruised knee. Uh, we'll get you the latest tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game as that news breaks. And uh, for everybody here at Chase, I'm John Dickinson. We'll talk to you Tuesday as the Warriors beat the Timberwolves 109-104. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.